says you might fall down. <laughs> so I've had a rather smart little experience in the horse business and uh, as well as the car business. I've thought a lot of times I come very near getting killed with uh, driving cars, but then I believe I've had uh, nine or more. I got the saddle on him and um, tightened up the cinch good and... Uh, I got a hold of the saddle and gave it a shake a few times and got the horse kind of quieted down a little bit. Finally, I got ready. I thought maybe I could uh, get in the saddle now. And uh, my friend had a rope tied to this horse bridle so he could hold him a great long rope. And uh, he was on the ground. And I got my foot up in, in the stirrup prepared to uh, uh, to get in the saddle, and uh, I eased up, and uh, finally I got my leg thrown over the saddle, into the saddle, and, uh, and the horse went right straight up. Boy, he must have went eight or ten feet high. I never could get my foot in the other stirrup. And uh, he made a big jump and uh, hit the ground again and went up again. I don't know how high he went, but when he got up ready to come back down, why, I was ready to go up. I went up and the horse come down. And as the horse went up the next time, why, I was coming down and we met right in the air. And uh, uh, landed with my breast right on the saddle horn, on the horn of the saddle, and, uh, and knocked me back right over his hips. And uh, I landed on the ground right on my shoulders, the back of my neck. And uh, that knocked me out. I wasn't able to work for about a week. Finally, I got able to get up and get around, and uh, we always got up before daylight, went and fed the, the stock and got everything ready before daylight to go to work, before breakfast, to go uh, eat breakfast, and so uh, the horse was in the lot there, and we me and my partner went out to feed that morning, and, uh, and I seen the, the horse, it was pretty dark, and I seen the horse in the end of the hallway before we got to him, and uh, I slashed the board at him and uh, run him on through the hall so we could go on to the end of the hall to get to feed, feed the horses, and... 
and it was dark in this hall, and I couldn't see him, but he stopped right in the hall there, and I didn't know it, and I just went walking right on in, and I run right up against his hip, right up against his hocks, and he lammed loose with both feet and just picked me up and threw me about ten feet. And I had a no pipe in my hip pocket, and that pipe was the first thing hit the ground, and me right onto it, and I like to broke my hip up, and the way it crippled me for another week. And uh, so uh, I let the horse alone. I didn't try to ride him anymore. <laughs> okay. running, he wouldn't stop. Well, uh, <clears throat> that a horse or a mule? That was a mule. That, uh... It's funny that you hear yourself on that. You got on him this day and started riding down to the creek to get him a drink of water. Yeah, that was a mule. Uh, ain't much to that. And he, he just uh, run as hard as he could run, and and, uh, and and then he went out on across the creek, out on up the hill, and finally he stopped, and you got off, and there was a, you just happened to see a stick yeah, there. I, I know that, I know that, uh, that, but in this scene now, will it start in now right after? Oh yeah, you've got a whole hour, you can run a whole hour, and then you can, after you tell that one, you can tell about how you uh, came from the sawmill that time, and, and he got to run and, and run under this tree, and and he hit that limb. Yeah. Tell both of them. Well, anyway, I uh, I lived after that. After I was married, I uh, I got a hold of a, a black. My mule that was seemed to be gentle, I bought the mule from a friend of mine, and they seemed, she seemed to be gentle and all right, but after I kept her a while and fed her up and got her in good shape, why, she got mean. And uh, we didn't have any uh, water pond there at the house where we lived, and I just uh, had built a new house for me and my wife, and uh, so we didn't get fixed up very good right for a while, and I had to take the stock down, the horses down to the creek a little ways below the house to water them. And uh, when I was working them, and I got on this mule to run her, ride her down to the creek to give her some water one day, and there's a bad cloud coming up, and I thought I could get back before a storm come, and and uh, I got on this mule and started her down the road. Uh, and she went to running, and uh, she didn't 
to have time to stop to get her a drink. She just went right on across the road and went on up the hill on the other side as far as she could go. And finally, I got her sacked down uh, uh, enough for me to jump on her, off of her. And there was a club laying right there uh, handy. And I just held to one of the reins and jerked her around and grabbed up this stick and hit her right on the top of the head. And she just fell, just like I'd shot her, right through the brains. She lay there a little bit, and finally I, I gave the song, the crowd was coming in a hurry, and I just gave the reins a jerk, and I says, get up from there, you crazy thing, let's go back to the house. And she rolled her eyes around a little bit, and then she jumped up. Well, I got on her and started to back to the house. I thought the way she had done that uh, she could do without a drink, and I aimed to run her across the creek again. And I done everything I could to make that mill run, but I couldn't get her to run to save my life. She just trotted along, and me up whooping her, trying to get her to run, and she wouldn't run at all. Another time you rode that same mule uh, from the Yeah, and I, I, I let her go on across the creek and took her all up to the house. And, and I just had a lot of trouble with that mule. I was, I was uh, working at a sawmill for a little while down five, about five miles from where I lived. And I rode this mule down there and back. And uh, one evening I was in a hurry and I, we got through work for the day and I got on this mule and started home. And I thought I'd just run her all the way home as far as she could go. And I... I wanted to see my brother. He lived about a half mile before I got home. And I stopped and talked with him just a minute or two, and then I whipped the mule up and got her in. By that time, she just got in a trot. I had a wood, strip of woods to go through, going on from there home. And it was after dark, wasn't it? Yes, it was dark. And... Uh, so, uh, she was just going along in the trot. All at once, she just jumped to one side as far as she jumped and started running right down through the woods, right down through the timbers, hard as she could go. And uh, the moon was shining, and I could see a leaning tree ahead of me. And she was going under it. I, I ducked under it to miss, to keep from hitting this tree, but I didn't get quite low enough, and this, and this tree struck me out on the side of the head and, and knocked me off. And the mule run jumped a few more jumps, oh, I guess 15 feet or 20 and stopped and turned right around and looked right at me. Just as though uh, to say that, uh -huh, now I've got you this time. 
And I was young, I was older, so I was still able to get on the mule. I was a bleeding though, like a stuck hog. And I got older and went on home. I scared my wife to death. She thought I was killed just about it. But uh, I wasn't hurt too bad. And so uh, that was the experience I had with that mule. What did you ever do with that mule? I sold her. You decided to get rid of her, huh? Yeah, I sold that mule. Uh, I dealt with her. And uh, I sold her for $140. Now well, you made money off of her. Yeah. Now you got lots, lots, lots more time there. If you want to tell about that experience you had down in the, down in the bottom. Uh, you know, with you and, and uh, uh, Owen Badlow and Owen. Will Rather, uh, you had a, quite an experience. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of trouble with uh, several horses since that, but, uh, I'm still living over them. But I've quit the horse business. When I was, uh, we, me and my wife stayed on the farm till we almost raised our family. And uh, we moved to town. And I bought a lot and built a garage. Went in the garage business and and I worked in the garage business a while, and then I, uh, there was a highway coming through the town, Viola. I was in Arkansas. And uh, there was uh, some property on the corner, uh, in the, the corner of the freeway, of the highway, and the main street in Viola. So I managed to buy this property on the house and lot on the corner there, and uh, I built a, a stone building and put in a service station and a little grocery, and uh, I worked at that about 14 years, and, and uh, we come out, uh, my son uh, uh seen the ads of some mail routes in California, him and um, uh, Sam Bedwell, a stepson of mine. And uh, they decided to bid on these jobs, and uh, and they was lucky enough or unlucky, I don't know what you'd call it. Anyway, they got the job to carrying the mail out here. And uh, I brought Hub and his family out here and helped him get started and uh, stayed with him uh, about nearly a year. And then I went back. In the meantime, I'd leased my service station to a man. And uh, so when I got him rigged up where he it was in pretty good shape. I uh, went back home, and uh, 
This was uh, in Nevada City, California. And I went back home anyway, and uh, uh, the next year I sold out there and uh, come out here in California again, and I bought a service station and uh, some property down between Roseville and Sacramento. And I stayed with that to about a year, and my son got in bad health, and uh, it, he decided that he'd better let the mail out go, and I come up and uh, I bought him out. And uh, I stayed with that uh, about 25 years. And uh, I, I quit the mail business then. And, but anyway, going back to my young days, I remember one time me and a cousin of mine and a friend went down in Lawrence County in Arkansas to a little town called Biggers. I uh, went down there to pick cotton. And they were, there was an old nigga witch up in Missouri there that uh, predicted that it was going to set in to raining on Monday, and it would rain eight days, and then it would clear up, and the, the ground, the land in that part of it would sink. Well, uh, the, is the, the territory there was called the Cherokee Bay. And uh, where there was uh, between Black River and uh, Kirk River. Awful good strip of land to their river bottom land. And this old nigga woman, she predicted that that land would sink the eighth day. So it set in, and it did rain, and rained every day, right on, and about the seventh day, why, about half of that people in that town left, went to the hills. They got scared, and they thought the old nigga was right about it, and they got scared, and they took everything that they could carry and, uh, and left. Well, it rained on till the eighth day, and it fired up, and uh, they waited for the the bay to sink. Of course, I didn't think there'd be anything to it myself, not that I'm a, uh, a witch or anything of the kind, but then I just didn't believe it. But anyway, the eighth day it cleared up, quit raining, and uh, there's a lot of them that was there, thought, and that they had left, thought, yes, it was, it'll do just what she said. It's rained eight days and cleared up on the eighth day. But the bay didn't sink. And then the people, the next day, then the ninth day, while the people began to come back. <laughs> and... They got pretty badly 
disappointed in a, in one way, in the present way, they got disappointed. So, uh, we stayed down there then a little while, and we was there down there in town one uh, night. And I was staying with my uncle, lived up just in the, in the, in the country there, not far from town. So uh, we went downtown that night, and uh, seemed like everybody was in a racket down there that night. And uh, there was some folks wanted to racket out of me and my cousin and my friend that was there with me. And uh, they uh, began to pick on us and tell us what they was going to do for us. So I, uh, the moon was shining and uh, there was a, a restaurant there and a uh, there's a lot of empty uh, soda bottles and beer bottles in the cases sitting there on the porch. And I just kind of backed up and got one of them long-handled beer bottles and put it in my hip pocket. And uh, them boys lined up four of them in front of us and swinging their hands and the cussing and telling us what they was going to do to us. And I was just standing there with my hand on my, holding to this bottle, all in my hip pocket. And I told the boys, it wasn't any use of uh, talking all night about it. I said, if you're going to do anything, well, right now is the time to start it. Uh, but they didn't, wasn't, seemed, didn't seem to be ready to start it right then. But anyway, the marshal of the town come walking up the street, and he was seen us there, and he walked up behind me, and he, he reached down right easy and took a hold of that bottle and uh, pulled it out of my pocket and uh, threw it out to one side. And he told these other boys then that uh, for them to get out from there, scatter out from here, and don't you start any more rackets. Anyway, I guess it had been a kind of a nasty fight. Another friend that lived there was standing against the wall there right by us with his knife open, and uh, he was going to help us. But the marshal run the boys off, and we didn't have any trouble. And we started home, and I got up uh, little ways, and... Uh, there was a, a doctor up there. Uh, he had uh, evidently started, he'd been down in town, and evidently he'd started back down to town. Anyway, we'd seen him there, and he stopped us and, and, and told us about his troubles down there with the marshal. And... Uh, he said that he wasn't able to fight him. He said, uh, but if I'd have had my gun, I'd have killed him, I guess. But uh, I didn't have it with me, and uh, 
was talking, and they was going to have a trial the next day, and he uh, said, now, you boys just listen. I'm going to make the speeches I'm going to make at the trial the next, tomorrow. And he started in on his speech, and he was laying it off. And I guess you can imagine about the reason why he was acting this way. He'd had a little too much to drink. And uh, we heard somebody squalling down there in town, and pretty soon here come an Indian on a mule. And he rode right up to the side of us and stopped and said, uh, them fellows down there was uh, beating him to death. He said, trying to kill him with boards and everything else. And he wanted to know if everyone else had a gun. Well, I told him no, we didn't. But the, doc, uh, the doctor said, I've got a good one. He says, I've got a, a, a dandy 38 coats up at the house. And uh, if you want it, I'll get it for you. And uh, we went on up with him, and this Indian, he went with the doctor up to his, with the roads crossed, and we stopped there, and he told us to watch for these boys and see if they come by to tell them to, to notice which way they went. So we stopped there under a tree where the, the moon is shining, and where they wouldn't notice us. And while they was gone up, well, just a little ways after this gun, while they come by riding the horses, and uh, and they turned to the right, and the doctor lived up to the left, and uh, pretty soon that Indian come running his view back down there, and he run up and stopped, and he says, oh, I want to show you boys something. He pulled that old gun out and showed it to us, and he says, I'm going to lay a bullet right between Cruder Crawley's, that's the man, one of the man's name, Neil, and was a nigger, his name was White, Tim White. He says, I'm going to shoot, lay a ball right between Cruder Crawley's eyes tonight. So I, I told him which way they went, and he started as hard as his old mule could run. And they got about a quarter of a mile, I guess. I heard a gun shoot. I heard two shots down there. And I never did know what to do. We left the next morning right early. We had enough of it, and we come home the next morning right early that next morning. And I don't know whether he ever caught up with the boys or not.